Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here at Crossway Church. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Glad to have you on the broadcast today. Whatever day it is for you, I'm glad you found the, uh, the place to tune in. And uh, you can watch more of these uh, sermons, these teachings at my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, our website, thecrosswaychurch.com, uh, or my uh, Facebook page, Pastor Curtis. And so we, we stream all our services live, uh, and you can find them all archived on the places I just told you. And uh, we thank God for all of you who pray for us and who sow financially into our ministry all across the world. And uh, we're just blessed to have you as partners and, and knowing and, uh, the truth and walking in the truth, learning to love the truth of God's Word with us. And, and uh, our website is thecrosswaychurch.com, and our physical address is 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572. For those of you who mail in your giving instead of uh, hitting the donate button on our website, and uh, whichever way you want to be a blessing to us, it doesn't matter to us, praise God. This is uh, chapter 2 of Galatians that we're still in today, and it will be session 19. And today is March the 16th, 2018. I always do that, what I just did, so we'll know where we are exactly in this teaching. We taught Ephesians. It took one year to get through Ephesians. It's probably going to take at least a year to get through Galatians because there's a lot there. And when you're studying any letter, any book in the Bible, it brings in so many. The Holy Spirit brings in so much other Scripture from different places in the Word of God to help you understand it. For instance, when you're studying Galatians, you must draw from Acts and you must draw from James because all three of those have, uh, they're related and Paul's meetings are, are written about in Galatians, and we see those uh, talked about in the book of Acts. And then he met with James and Peter, and you, and you can learn some things about James from what he wrote. And you just have to uh, study more than just one letter at a time. You have to be able to draw from really the whole Bible. And I'm thankful to be able to do that. Before we get started today, just a reminder, we have a new 12-CD preaching series, The Righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And it's our most uh, recent one that we finished. We're in one right now, The Power of God's Love. And I believe Part 10, if that's what happens, will be Sunday morning. But we've already done nine uh, teachings, uh, preaching messages on that. But anyway, this is The Righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. $25. It can be yours today or any three of of our preaching CD series you can have for $60. So we're just thankful to be able to offer this to you. I promise you there's things on there you need. Let me say that again. There's things in that series that you need to know. The Holy Spirit operates on what He's able to teach you, you'll receive, and that He can bring to your remembrance. Remembrance means that you knew it. So you need to have the Word of God, learn the Word of God, receive the Word of God, and learn to walk. By faith, which means in the Word of God. Uh, one last thing is our little book, 62-page booklet, All God's Works Are Done in Truth, a powerful little booklet that really is derived from Psalms 33:4. for the Word of the Lord is right, and all His works are done in truth. And when you learn that Jesus is the truth, and what He did at Calvary is what makes Him the truth to you, then you'll understand that the Word of God, which is truth, 
is only seen, understood, and believed through faith in the blood. And when you get that, when you receive that and begin to understand that, the Word of God will become more and more clear to you. God, the Holy Spirit, will bring much clarity to the Word to your heart and remove a whole lot of confusion that we've walked in as children of God for way too long. And uh, I'm just thankful today to be looking and studying the Word of God through the cross, through faith in the cross. And just faith in a Bible verse is not going to do you any good if your faith is not anchored in Calvary. Amen. It'll just be the law of the Spirit. Before it can be the law of liberty, our faith must be in what Christ did to liberate us. Amen, Brother Curtis. And uh, today we're in Galatians chapter 2. Uh, verse 15 is where we'll begin, but before we do, let's ask the Lord to bless us today. Give us our daily bread, which we desperately need. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today, to, to be in your word. I pray, God, there would be an excitement and a great expectation in our heart, more, Lord God, than just showing up in a place, just turning on a broadcast and sitting there, Lord, just passing time. Lord, I pray that we would listen today, we would minister this word today with a great expectation for the power of the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and our lives, even while we're hearing the word, such as Cornelius' family heard the gospel, Lord, and they were saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray today as the word of God is taught in truth that the Holy Spirit would save and heal and recover that which is lost, and Lord, that miracles would take place, that people would be filled with the Holy Spirit, that they would be recovered from a false way, that you would do many wonderful things today by your spirit just as the word of God is taught in truth and we ask it all today in the name of Jesus and everybody said amen amen Galatians chapter 2 and we will start in verse 14 as we will always like to do every week back up a verse or two and kind of scratch our feet like an old goat and get ready to charge into what God's got for us next. And verse 14 says, But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If you being a Jew are living after the manner of the Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why are you now compelling the Gentiles to live as the Jews do? And this is a powerful statement by Peter, who, I mean Paul, who would not just sit by the wayside and watch mistakes taking place, watch things that were wrong, and just say, okay, God, I need you to help them. No, God helps people through people. God helps people through people. He blesses people through people. He, 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 he saves people through the gospel that others preach. God uses people. And we, we better understand that. But we better keep it in check and balance that he uses us as long as our faith is in the gospel because everything he's offering man is found through faith in the gospel. Amen. Just for instance, is the righteousness of God, the Bible says in Romans 1, 16 and 17, is revealed in the gospel. Well, that's not just for initial salvation. That's to be led by the Spirit in the path of righteousness daily. So it takes the gospel as the center of our focus, our faith in the cross, to be led by the Spirit and to be able to see where He's leading. Amen? So what I want to point out before we move on this morning in verse 14 is something that really really got a hold of me last week, and it's the first four words in verse 14. Paul says, but when I saw, but when I saw, 
Those who have their faith anchored in the cross, they've become determined to know nothing else, and that means to know nothing else works. Uh, determined to know nothing else works, determined not to be a part of anything else except what God has chosen to be a part of, and that's the sacrifice, faith in the sacrifice, and the fruit of that. And what Paul saw was Peter got up, and the Bible says there in verse uh, uh, 12 that he feared those Jews that showed up. And fear doesn't operate in your life where the faith in the cross is operating. Because faith in the cross is God's perfect love manifest to us, and perfect love casts out all fear. So while our faith is literally in the cross, and we're fighting to maintain it there, fear doesn't have a place. But something happened to Peter where he, he recognized and valued the people of Jerusalem, the Judaizers, to a, in a wrong way to where fear gripped his heart. And unlike Paul being able to stand there and stand his ground, he jumped up and got away from the Gentiles and ran over there to be with them. And what he did in the twinkling of an eye was he went back under the law, which we can do, Galatians, the very letter, teaches, and I'm looking forward to getting over there in uh, chapter 5 that reveals that. But Peter jumps up, runs over there. It's because he feared them, the Bible says. But I like this. Paul says, but when I saw that they walked not uprightly, watch this, I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. And I'm going to say it again today. Hopefully there are many people who today are somewhere down in history and years later, if the Lord tarries, who will find this on YouTube, find it somewhere, and hear this. You cannot walk uprightly before the Lord except as you walk in the truth of the gospel. There is no upright walking just because you're doing a bunch of good deeds that look right to you and other people. What looks right to God, and the only thing that looks right to God, the only thing God considers an upright walk before Him is faith in Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary. Faith in any other thing that you're doing or anybody else is doing or saying other than the cross of Christ removes you from an upright walk. Galatians 1, 6 and Galatians 5, 1 through 4. Never forget those scriptures because you can remove yourself from an upright walk. You have to walk with the Lord to have an upright walk and you're not walking with Him in an upright manner unless your faith is in the cross. So the amazing thing about this scripture is Peter had, I mean, not Peter, Paul had eyes to see what was happening there. Faith in the cross gives you eyes to see what's happening in the situations of your life. If your faith is in anything other than the cross, you do not have eyes to see the path that God has laid before you. You cannot walk, you cannot be led of the Spirit, because if you go back under law, you're not being led of the Spirit. Galatians 5.18, as many as are led of the law... Are, are of the Spirit, I'm, not, I'm messing up this morning, as many as are led of the Spirit are not under law. When Peter jumped up and ran over there, remember it was because he feared them. And if you fear people, it's because your faith is not in the cross. And you will be led by your fear of man instead of the Spirit of God because of your fear of the Lord. It's one of the two. I'm being led by the Spirit of God because the fear of the Lord, which means my value of the Lord, which can only be seen clearly by what He did for me at Calvary, the fear of the Lord. 
or I fear man like Peter did, what they think, what they're going to say about me, think about me, my family. And so I kind of drift in with them because I don't want them thinking negatively or saying anything negatively about me. And I go back under law because I'm more concerned about what they say, what they think, instead of standing and being able to see what's really going on here and bring the, the not in ugliness or, or, or in an ugly way, but to bring the rebuke. This is not right, that's not right, and you are called as a child of God to bring that, to allow the Lord to use you to be more than sweet, door-opening, chair-pulling, you know, can I get you some more tea? Praise God, the world does that. But what we're called to do is to love them with the love of God that brings the rebuke, and it's seen right here. And it's as clear in the Word of God that it needs to be taking place today uh, just like it did then. And I, and I love this. I never saw this before. And I would have never seen this had we not been brought back to our first love, faith in the cross alone. Because uh, that's the focus of the Word. That's our focus. And everybody else who has a different focus cannot see what needs to be seen in the Word. So they make things up because they're not being led of the Spirit, although they say they are. And they have all kinds of things going on that would make an ignorant person or a deceived person not realize that's not the Spirit of God at all. The Spirit of God leads in grace, under grace, to victory. Amen. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. That means a place where sin no longer has dominion over us. But Paul said, when I saw, that means he's the only one there who saw. And sometimes you may feel that way in your family. You may feel that way in your community. You may be in a church where you feel that way. God forbid. If you're the only one in your church that sees that, that's a good sign right there to me. You don't need to be in that church. You need to get up and join those others who have eyes to see. Bible talks about when we come together, we speak the same thing. Amen. We speak the truth in love. And if that's not happening where you are, that's, the, that's it. You're, if you're waiting on an audible voice to come from heaven, you should move from that church. You're not getting it. What you're getting is right now. What you're getting is right now. You should be gathering with those who you could be unitized, unified with in the faith of the Son of God, being built in, in, in the faith and speaking the truth in love, all speaking the same thing, words seasoned with the grace of God. And if that's not happening, that's your cue. It's time to go. Again, if you're waiting on a dream, a vision, then your faith is in the wrong place. Your faith should be in the Word of God, and God just gave it to you through this old country vessel, and you needed to hear it because it's time to get up and get out, just like Abram was told to do. Amen. So, here we are in verse 15, where Paul is going to begin to tell Peter to his face and the others, all the others who were there listening, why he's wrong, why they're wrong. And he does it right before them all. He says in verse 15, We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. Did you get that? Let's stop and talk about that for a minute. He's talking, when he says we, he's talking about me and you, Peter. That's who he's talking to. Everybody else is hearing, but he's talking about me and you, Peter, and possibly the other Jews that were there with Peter. He's talking about we, me and you. Remember, he's rebuking Peter face to face. 
We are Jews by nature. That means we were born into this world in the Jewish community. We are not like the Gentiles who are not a people of God. They're just sinning Gentiles. They don't know anything about the law. They don't know anything about God. They don't know anything about how to live for God. They don't even know Him. They're just dogs. They're sinners. That's what he's saying here. We're not sinners among the Gentiles. And then he, and, 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 and he's, uh, then he goes right into verse 16 and he says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. And here we have something so precious that you don't need to let other Bible translations change it and make it say, and make it say, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith in Jesus Christ. That's not what it says. That's not what it's meant. Although your faith has to be in Jesus, but it's the faith of Jesus that saved you. It's His faith. It's His tasting of the grace of God. Galatians 2.20 bears this out in another place. Uh, that, let's turn over there and read that. It's just a page. Well, here it is right here on the same page. We'll, man, we get to this here in the next week or two. I can't wait. It might take three weeks to get through verse 20. <laughs> I am crucified with Christ. That means I died with Him. At Calvary 2,000 years ago, by my faith, that's where God places me when my faith is in Christ. And what He did for me at cross, the Holy Spirit places me in that death. Hallelujah. So I died with him. I was crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you're not living by the faith that took Jesus to the cross, you're not living. You can't live. It's not just my faith. God gives us, Romans 12, 3, we'll look at that maybe in a minute, but God gives us a measure of faith when we place our faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. Listen, you're born with some type of faith. Faith, I'm going to get this. Faith, I'm going to do this. Faith, if I work, I'll get paid. But when you place your faith in Christ and what He did by His faith at Calvary, that faith you have becomes a faith now that works because it's in the only object that has worked for man, and that's the sacrifice. Your faith in Him gets you His faith for you. His faith saved you. The Bible says in Romans 12, 3, let's look over, let's turn a few pages back. Romans 12, 3, this is really a powerful scripture that tells us, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, he, among, he's talking to the church in Rome here, not just lost people. For every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly, here's how it's done, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. God gave you the measure of faith when you believed in Christ. Because that faith in which he died for you, that faith that he came to present himself and to receive and to die, let me say it better, 
the faith that carried him to Calvary to taste death for all of humanity, that faith is the only faith that gets you that grace in which he tasted of. So when you believe in Christ, John 3.16, when you believe upon Jesus, the Son of God, and what he did for you at Calvary, that's what you put your trust in for salvation. That's what you put your hope in for salvation and your future and anything to do with God. Then the faith he tasted death by, the grace that he tasted death by, that faith becomes yours. You get a measure, a portion of his faith that saves and just keeps on saving as long as that's where your faith remains. Because we're also, Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1 and 5, we're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, which takes us back to Calvary. Because we didn't work for it to start it. We don't work for it to continue it. We believed for it to happen in the first place. And we believe now for it to continue to work in our lives. Amen. So, but one thing before we leave Romans 12.3 shows us the only avenue for our being able to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought. This is the avenue for becoming a servant of God. It only happens by faith. It, listen, we're so full of ourselves. We think way too more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. Even when you don't believe God will heal you, that's thinking more highly of yourself than you ought because you're not thinking according to the measure of faith God gave you. And that measure of faith He gave you came by you hearing the Word of God in truth. When you heard the word of God in truth pertaining Christ and what he did about your sins, and you believed that, he saved you. By that faith, you manifested. Because that faith registered with God because it was a faith that was believing in what Jesus did by faith for you. And the grace he tasted, Hebrews 2, 9 says, By the grace of God, Jesus tasted death for all men. So the taste of death at the cross is the only taste of death you and I can receive. And the only way, biblically, we can declare, taste and see. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because there's no seeing without faith in the blood. Amen. So when we say, oh, taste and see, that means keep your faith in the cross so you can keep partaking of his flesh and blood, faith in that, and so you can keep seeing, amen? Because if you move your faith from the cross to anything else, even unawarely, subtly, deceitfully, you don't even know you've done it. You stop seeing. You no longer see. You, like Peter, will jump up and run with the crowd now because you can no longer see that they're not walking uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, and you will join them. And if our faith is not in the cross, let's just say it this morning. If anybody's faith is not in the cross, they're thinking more highly of themselves than they ought to. Even the ones who have an outer appearance of helping people and just having a sweet, hospitable, oh, they're just the sweetest thing in town. Listen, God's not looking at any of that. He's looking to see what's the object of their faith. If it's not the cross, then they're really doing everything they're doing for their own self, even though it has an outward appearance for others. Because if our faith is not in the cross, then it's us thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. Amen. I got a Bible to prove it. 
They don't have anything to stand on to refute what I'm saying this morning. Nobody ever calls Brother Curtis and says, I heard you preaching, I don't really like it, and I got a Bible. I want to sit down and show you where you've missed it. Nobody's done that in 13 years. You know why? Because we just preach the Scripture in the light of the one who said, I am the light. They're walking in darkness and calling it light that's not even light. Amen. So Paul goes on here, and he says in verse 16, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed, even we Jews have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. And not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. And let me say this, you're, 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 you're justified before God by your faith in the blood of Jesus. Romans 5, can we turn over to that? Romans 5, we're having a Bible study this morning, I'm glad to be here. Romans 5, 1, something we need to be equipped with. We need to share with those. Uh, most of the church runs around today in deception, thinking all sorts of things about we're justified through the resurrection. We're justified by what we do. We're justified by all the... If you get justification wrong, my friend, everything else you're walking in is wrong. You can use the word cross, you can use the word Jesus, you can use all the right script, you can use all the Bible, but if you if you get justification wrong, everything else you're walking in is wrong. Everything. I don't care how much you cry and cry out to Jesus, if you're not saved exclusively through your faith in the grace of God, which was the death Jesus tasted for for you by that grace offered to you, then if that's not what your faith is in, you have missed it initially, therefore everything else is off. You have nothing right. That's why you can turn people on like Kenneth Copeland and hear him for 30 minutes and say everything that is very right for a half an hour concerning the Bible. He's giving scriptures. He's saying things. And, and you hear people like us say that he's not even saved. And you wonder, Brother Curtis has missed it about that old Copeland guy. I watched him and everything he said is right. I heard it. I went along in the scripture. But when you listen to him long enough, you'll see that he doesn't believe that you're saved exclusively by the death of Jesus. He doesn't believe that. That means he can't be saved. He's not saying he can be, but he's not. And they teach all kind of heresy about salvation, that Jesus had to go to hell and be whipped by the devils and all that. So you can listen to him half an hour and say, I don't see anything wrong he said. But when you listen long enough and you find out it's another Jesus because he's being led by another spirit that he's preaching a wrong Jesus, he's missed. it doesn't matter that he said everything right for a half an hour. He's not walking in the light because he's not received it or he's left it. I don't know which one. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And here again, when you are seeing the Scriptures in the life they're written, the Holy Spirit will bring in Colossians 1.20 that says that it's by His blood that we've been reconciled. Amen. Let's turn over and look at that. I'm glad y'all are making me turn in the Bible this morning. Because we need to be able to see these things, Colossians 1.20, and having made peace, how? Not through my words of confession, through the blood of his cross. 
by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Notice the first part of verse 20. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. So we're back in Romans 5.1 now. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we read that, and we say, okay, are we justified by faith, or are we justified by blood? So let's move down to verse 9, which explains the, answers the question. Much more than being now justified by his blood. There it is. Well, I thought we were justified by faith. Well, no, brother, we're justified by his blood. Well, let me tell you what the Bible says. We're justified by faith in his blood. And you have the peace of God through faith in his blood. You don't get it just because Jesus died. You don't get anything from God just because Jesus died. Everything you get from God comes because your faith is in that Jesus died for you. Amen. I'll shout myself down this morning. Give me some help up in here. Just because Jesus died for all the sins of all humanity, and the Bible says he does, doesn't mean that all humanity is going to believe him. Most of humanity, Jesus taught, would go to hell. That's what he taught. Well, bless God, I ain't believing in no Jesus that would say that. Well, Jesus knows the future, so he knows all who's going to make it and all who's not, and he knows all those that will, will allow him to mow them, shape them, save them, make them into the image of who he is, other than those who think they've got to work for it. I don't care how long you've been in church, a, a preacher. I don't care. You're teaching and preaching false doctrine, and you're not even going to heaven. I don't care how much you talk about Jesus and how much you talk about the Bible, the Lord God, and oh, how you sound so whatever that's called. But unless you're saved by faith in the blood of Jesus, Jesus alone, you're not making it. You're not even going to heaven. And that's not being ugly. That's just uh, bringing forth what Jesus taught, that there are not going to be but a few that find the way of life because the way of life has already been bought and paid for, and it's not for sale. It's on offer for free. Hallelujah. That let the Spirit and the bride say, come and drink freely. Those who are saying, come and drink freely, are the ones who are going to heaven. Those who are saying, come and you got to work a little bit, come and you got to do some stuff, they're not even going, my friend, because what God is offering is free for all. Now, now you can get saved and then go back under law and live a miserable life, possibly even to the point of losing your soul. The Bible teaches that. So, are we good this morning? We moving forward? Hopefully we're hearing some things we need to hear and they're registering in our hearts. Knowing that a man is not justified, that means a man is not okay with God. He's not been made right with God. And not only, let me say this about justification. We've been justified, delivered, freed from our sins, liberated from the, 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 the dominion of sin, the guilt, the shame, and, 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 and we're walking in a growing knowledge of the truth that delivers us from the power of sin and daily, and one day we'll be delivered from the very presence of sin. But listen to me this morning. We have been justified, and we've also been sanctified. We, we're justified as we'll ever be. 
But we're walking in sanctification, learning how to possess our vessels in sanctification and honor, that which we've been made through Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. But listen, is your life that you're living, or is the direction you're going, what you're believing, what you're walking in, is that justifiable before God? You have been justified because your faith, but is the path you're on, or, or, or what is what you're doing, is the church that you're in, is, is what's going on in your life, is that justifiable with God? Because if everything we're doing is not by faith in the blood, then that, those works are not justifiable with God. Anything that's justifiable with God, beginning with our very souls and who we are as, as redeemed by the blood and our status and position in Christ in heaven is a set and eternal done deal as long as we maintain that faith until the end. Hallelujah. But the question I'm asking you this morning is, is God see, is, is God able to lead you into, into His will for your life that is, His will is justifiable. It's what you're involved in, justifiable. Because everything that's with, through faith in the blood is on that path that He has justified. He's not just wanting to justify you. He's wanting you to see like Paul saw, see, saw this is what I've called you to. This is that sanctified life. This is what I've justified. This is what I've sanctified for you. Sanctification is tied to justification in this manner, that because you are justified, not by works, not by paying for it, but your faith in Christ, you've been justified now from that position and place and status of justification, you begin to walk in sanctification. Because with being justified, you are also sanctified. That means set apart for the for the now the possibility of through your continued faith a walk. A, a, a life of works that are found in Christ, Ephesians 2.10. Not just works we go out and do. We might wake up one day and like the church in Ephesus have a letter sent to us or a preacher or grandma show up or somebody on the job say, you know, you need to return to your first love. I see what you're doing. Those are all good things, but you need to return to your first love. And I'm telling you, that's sort of what happened right here to the churches in Galatia. These churches had been saved, filled with the Spirit of God, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Miracles had taken place in this church, and now there were false brethren coming in, and they were trying to get the, the churches in Galatia to believe that they weren't even really saved if, if they weren't really hanging on to the law of Moses and living according to those customs and and, 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 I'm, and Peter got caught up in that. that. He got caught up in that. And so Paul, let me read it again, verse 16. Paul says, knowing, you got to know this. It can't just be something you're hearing me say, Peter. You, you got, don't you know that a man is not justified by the works of the law? But by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we Jews have believed in Jesus Christ that we Jews might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. He goes on to say, But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. Mm. Paul continues to speak 
actually giving them any message of truth as he begins to remind them that no man's justified by the works of the law, but only by the faith of Jesus Christ. And let me say something this morning while the Lord stirred this in my spirit. There's so many people, preachers out there especially, that they believe their faith is in the cross, but they're not preaching the cross. They don't even know that their faith is in all the things now that they've built and that they're doing. And, and they wake up on certain days and if they're not found functioning in these things, they, they just have days of oppression and, and all these things. They fear. Listen, if you're living in a place where you fear what other people are thinking about you, that's not the place of faith. That's not the place of faith. Paul drives the point home again because it is such the emphasis and great struggle for the Jewish Christians because the law was all they had ever known. And I tell you, in this time we're talking about here when the church had been birthed years before and now the Jewish people were having to learn that it's not by works of the law. It, 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 even the Gentiles, my Lord, the Gentiles sinning sinners, dogs, are being saved. Peter, God uses Peter intentionally for Cornelius, has to give him a vision, has to give Cornelius a vision, has to send angels, get angels involved to get Peter to preach to Cornelius, sending Gentiles so that Peter can see and experience. I believe it was as much for Peter as it was the house and family of Cornelius because a Jewish person walked with Jesus like Peter had to know this, that we're not saved by the law, we're saved by Jesus Christ. Christ, the faith of Jesus Christ, and while he preaches to Cornelius, while he's preaching, while his mouth is running, they get saved, the Spirit of God falls on them, they begin to speak in tongues before he's through with his message, so Peter could see, my Lord, Gentiles are being saved, this is what that vision was about God gave me, and even though Peter had experienced all that, <laughs> he still easily subverted through fear. Back to law. See, it's a spirit of fear that would drag you away from the faith. We see that here. Mm. He says that even we Jews have believed in Jesus, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, in which no man shall be justified. And I like this in verse 17. He says, buddy, if while we, he's talking about us Jewish folk that think we're higher and better and got more and, and God had used them. God used them to bring the word of God on the scene. God used them to bring the Messiah on the scene. God had used them through the years. That's why we have the word of God because he raised up a people through Abram. That's why we have a Messiah, because God loved us so much He wanted to save us, and He had to, first He had to set apart a man that turned into a nation that He could usher in the people of God. Amen. The people of God in true faith through a Messiah that would come forth through this people. And He says, But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, if therefore Christ is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. And now, this has always been kind of confusing when you read scriptures like this. And, and people just kind of read that. And we Christians, we're bad about, I don't get it, so I'm just going to keep on going. If you don't get it, ask somebody. 
If you don't get it, but don't just ask anybody, and you better be careful on Google. We think Google knows everything. No, Google has something to say about everything. But Google don't know everything. Preachers have something to say about everything, but we preachers don't know everything. Amen. If you think you do, then here you are back to that thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to think. But the reasoning behind this is, see, this is something Paul was saying in refute to something they were saying. What he was telling Peter face to face was he was was coming against what they were saying, what they were doing, what led Peter away. And so, let me read this verse 17 again. We'll maybe get it a little clearer this morning. He says, But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also were found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of seeing God forbid. And the reasoning went like this. When men turned away from the law and trusted Christ for righteousness, Christ caused them to sin. That's what they were saying. Watch. For Christ made it easy for them to transgress the law. In other words, if you're going after this Christ and Him alone and the work of the cross alone, and you, and, and you don't think you need the law anymore for anything to do with salvation, then you're not going to live according to the law. That's their thinking. And Christ is going to just lead you in sin. If He's leading you away from the law and the salvation that comes through the law, what they're thinking, then, then Christ has led you away from the law and into sin. That was their thinking. If Christ is leading you, if it's only Christ and what He did at the cross and your faith in that alone, then He's leading you away from the law. And if you're being led away from the law, you're just still a sinner. That's what they were thinking. They didn't have the the truth and the revelation that it was uh, Christ and through His work on the cross that the righteousness of God was being offered. That there it was being seen. Remember Romans 1, 16 and 17? Let's turn back and look at it with our eyebubs this morning. Hope you got your 100 watts in. Hope you can see it good this morning. Uh, Romans 1, 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Just believes. To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Revealed. It's seen. It's revealed. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Without faith in what Christ did at Calvary, the gospel, which is what Christ did at Calvary, it's not revealed. It takes faith in what Christ did at Calvary. The gospel means the good news of God, is which is what he did in Christ on the cross. That's the good news that he came to save sinners. When you put your faith in there, now you, you can see by the, the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit who is showing those who are looking for salvation, that this righteousness is being offered through what Christ did at Calvary. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that, that we should know that he who knew no sin became our sin offering, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But they didn't know that. They, the Judaizers were teaching, oh no, if you follow Christ and Him alone and your faith is just in Him and, and what He did at Calvary, He's leading you away from the law, my friend, and He's leading you back into sin. Because without the law, you're going to live in sin. That's not true. We need, listen, 
the law still has its place in our society because we shouldn't kill adults. We couldn't steal our, our, husband, our, our neighbor's wife and we shouldn't murder and, and steal and lie and all those things. But the only way that we can walk in a place of full, the fulfillment of the law, overcoming the, the guilt and the shame, the condemnation and death that the law is, is through our faith in the one who kept it. Nobody else has ever kept the law. He kept it perfectly without spot or blemish. He died in faith as a perfect Lamb of God. And therefore, when our faith is in Him, this is what we know that they didn't know. This is what we have they didn't have because they wouldn't put their faith in Him. Remember, the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. If we're not willing to place our faith in Christ and we did Calvary, it's not going to be revealed. We're still going to think we have to work for it. Amen. And that's where they were. They were they couldn't get away from that. Christ is leading you away from the law, and without the law, you're still just a, a sinning Gentile. You see where they were at. That's what they were teaching. That's what they were saying. And that's why Paul was refuting this, saying, But if we, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. They said that Christ tore down the law, for he, had, he led men away from the law. He removed the restraints and barriers of the law. Therefore, men became transgressors by rejecting the law. God forbid, Paul says, that Christ be the minister of sin, but rather Christ is the minister of the only avenue of righteousness that exists to deliver from sin. Amen. Romans three twenty through 22 says, therefore, by the deeds, and I've got some scriptures here I want to share with you as we finish this today, this, this particular session. We didn't get very far. We never do. Romans three twenty through 22, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law only comes the knowledge of sin. How many of you know that? The law strengthens sin. 1 Corinthians 15, what is it, 56 or 57? Uh, no, it's 1 Corinthians 15, 58. The law strengthens sin. Now, I, now, I'm about to say something that most of the church doesn't understand. They don't know it, probably have never heard it, that the law does not just speak of the Ten Commandments of Moses. The law could be something as simple as you coming up the aisle on a Sunday morning strapped with chains of darkness, knowing that you need deliverance, knowing that God is able to deliver, and me as a preacher telling you, if you'll do these three things, my friend, God will deliver you. And those three things that I've told you to do, I've made that a law. You go home thinking, well, I've got to do these three things that pastor said, if I'll do these, if I'll do, I said, if I'll do these three things, if I can get my wife to do these, if I can get my kids to do these three things, then man, we can live in victory. And what happens is, in the eyes of God, you need to know this, my friend, in the eyes of God, I have just laid out some laws, some rules, regulations, and I have helped strengthen the sin that they're in being held in chains of darkness. I have, I have tightened the grip on those chains. That's the way God sees it. Either we let people leave our congregations 
with their faith in the cross or they leave with an attitude of, I've got to try harder. I've got to do this. I've, I've got to read three more chapters. I've, Bible reading's good. Bible studying's better. That's what God told you to do. Uh, fasting and prayer is good. But when I move my faith for salvation or for deliverance from anything that's hindering me into anything I'm doing, that's a law. That's a law. I've got to do this. Uh, no, I don't have to do anything but believe in Christ, in the Holy Spirit now, that began that work in me is now able to continue to perform it. And let me say something about that. That is a performance of the Holy Spirit in our lives that every day we, we, we experience chains of darkness, strings of bondage and legalism still in my life today being cut off. I am still being liberated. Hallelujah. I said pride. I've not been delivered from pride. I've been, listen, pride is still trying to run my life. And Daily, through a daily cross, Jesus taught, I must have faith in Him. If you're going to follow Him, you've got to have a daily cross, faith in His cross. I'm still being delivered. And when I put the law on somebody, I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm talking about, oh, my command. I'm talking about even scriptural things that are in the Bible for us to participate in and to be found doing. It's not for salvation and deliverance. Amen. It's for relationship. Anything you tell somebody to do to be delivered, you tightened up the chains of darkness on them. That's why you can sit in break areas and, and, and workplaces, schools, classrooms all over our nation, and people, there's more problems and sinful issues in our nation today than there has ever been. And when you hear people trying to help people, they're just tightening up the chains of darkness. But let me tell you something. God is raising up a people like Paul who are determined to know nothing else is the answer from God but Christ and Him crucified. And this is what we say, like Paul said, but when I saw... When I saw what they were coming to do, when I see what they did to Peter, when I saw that, I said. Did you get? When I saw that, I said. If you're not saying, that means you're not seeing. Everybody who sees what's happening, I said, says. If you're not seeing, if you don't have eyes to see, that's why you're not saying anything. Those who have eyes to see the cross is the answer are preaching the cross. Those who have eyes to see the cross is the answer for every sinful issue, every bondage, every need that man has is faith in the cross of Christ. Every person who sees that is bringing that truth on the scene so the truth can be known and deliverance can be found. I don't care how long you've been preaching, sir. If you're not using God's Word in a way that reveals the truth of Christ and what He did at Calvary, yes, sir, I mean every service. We don't need messages on, on marriage and how to raise children. And if you do, they better be tied to Calvary. And I don't mean just using the word cross. I mean they better be tied. Listen, if you get together and you teach men that they better love their wives and wives better submit to their own husbands and we better raise our children in the admonition of the Lord, if you're not preaching the Christ of Jesus Christ to them as the anchor of their faith, then they're not going to make it. I don't care how long they've been listening. They're not going to make it. They're going to keep showing up to church with that smile on their face most of the time when they can and then they're going right back to McDonald's after church in the bondage they came in with. The cross of Christ and faith in that alone is the only thing that will break every bondage, make anything like it should be in the eyes of God. And only those who have their faith there can see what's happening. Only those. Hallelujah. 
So therefore, by the deeds of the law, Romans 3.20, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. And I scratched in here after my notes were typed out. There shall be no flesh justified initially for salvation or daily for sanctification. Folks that think they've got to do anything, all these works to be sanctified, then they're back under the law. And they're not being ju- their, their sanctification is not justified in the eyes of God. Never forget this. For God to justify anything, it must be through faith in the blood. Justified your position and who you are in Christ by faith in the blood justifies your sanctification you're walking in. Your sanctification, for it to be justified before God as biblical, right, holy, and that which conforms into the image Christ of Christ, it must be through faith in the blood. Verse 21, Romans 3, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ. doesn't say faith in Jesus Christ. Here we are back to the reference to the faith Jesus had for it. Yes, it takes your faith in Him, yes. But that here is not what the Bible refers to, just like Galatians 3 and 20 and the other scripture we read in Romans. Look here. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. And here, maybe the Holy Spirit is teaching us, trying to get us to see something rather in the Scriptures this morning, that the righteousness of God that's revealed in the gospel going from faith to faith, maybe it's from the faith of Christ to the faith we place in Christ. Because it begins with His faith. Faith to now our faith. Hallelujah. I believe that might be something. You might be on to something there, brother. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, from faith to faith, it has to begin with His faith. And then it becomes our faith. It's like every person who was healed, probably not every person, but uh, Jesus would say uh, to the woman who broke the alabaster box of oil and was worshiping the Lord and preparing Him for her faith in His soon coming death. And Jesus at the end of that, little message to Simon there and his ridiculous thoughts, well, if he, if he was a prophet, he'd know who she was. <laughs> and then to prove to Simon, because he could read his, what was in his heart, I'll show you I'm a prophet. Have you kissed my feet since I've been here? She hadn't stopped. Have, have you, have you worshipped me since I, she hadn't stopped? And she's the one, and, and when it was over, her, Jesus' last words to her was, Go your way, your faith has saved you. Because her faith was in Him. He came by faith to die for us. And so maybe maybe we've heard something fresh this morning. Maybe we've heard something right. I believe, I feel like we have. From faith to faith in which the righteousness of God is revealed, it starts with His faith. And when we place our faith in what He did, that means we get that faith that He died by. That measure of faith is given to us. So that's how we, and now we go from faith to faith. But it began with his faith. The righteous, and we see that here in Romans 3 and 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. And remember Galatians 2.20. The life we now live, we live by the faith of the Son of God. Amen. Who loved us and gave himself for us. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Unto all and upon all them that believe in you. For there is no difference. 
to the Jew or to the Gentile, Paul is saying there is no difference. I don't care if you've been walking with God as a Jew, your grandfathers, your great-grandfathers, all the way back to whoever, wherever, all the way back to Abraham. The Gentiles are as saved as you are now, my friends. Because the blood of Jesus has torn down, and Paul wrote this in the New Covenant, the blood of Jesus has torn down that wall of enmity that the Jewish people had against the Gentiles and the Gentiles against them, and now God is making one new man. In Christ, one new man. There is no Jew, no Greek. There is not male, female, poor, rich, black, white, yellow, brown, red. There is just one man that God sees. There's really two men God sees on the earth today. It's Adam and there's Christ. We're either in the one man Adam or we're in Christ. God really only sees that. Two functioning men in the earth today. One's dead, one's alive. Galatians 2.18, Paul tells them a little later, a few scriptures down. I got this in my note. Well, that's where we are, isn't it? (laughs) For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. If a believer would return to the law, and that's what he's talking about, building. They're trying to, listen, Christ came and died because we couldn't keep the law. Now faith in him makes us law keepers. And if we go back to trying to just adhere to the law and be law keepers without faith in Christ, even though we've accepted Christ, if we try to go back and just keep the law, we can't keep the law. Not without the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can't walk us in a law-keeping place without our faith in what Jesus did to be our law keeper. Die for us. That's it. You and I still have no power in and of ourselves without the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus meant when he said, you can do nothing without me. That's really twofold. You can do nothing without me, without accepting who I am as the Lamb of God and my death on the cross for you. And when the Holy Spirit of truth, the Comforter, comes, he's going to teach you, lead you into all truth, which is about me. Truth always liberates. Truth always brings the experience of freedom. Known truth, which means experience truth, which means believe truth. Amen. I'm going to close with, uh, uh, where are we at? Uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.13 today. For those of you who don't go to church at Crossway Church, well, there's lots of jobs in this area. Lots of places for sale to live. If you're looking for a good church, man, think about the Friday morning Bible studies. Mm. 1 Thessalonians... 2.13, I'm closing with this, got a minute and a half left. I want to share this with you today because this is very crucial. And before I read it, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, before I read it, you got to know this. Jesus is the truth. He declared himself in John 14.6 to be the truth. And, and, and the only applicable means of him becoming your liberating truth of freedom and provisional truth of power and all provision from God is through your faith in what He did at Calvary. Without those two things being united as one, Christ and Him crucified, and your faith in that, then you're not really going to be able to believe the Word of God in the right context. And I know people hear me say that and they say, Well, brother, every word from Genesis to Revelation is the Word of God, and the Word of God is truth. Jesus said that in John 17. You're exactly right. But Jesus said in John 5.39 that the Scriptures were about Him. And as long as we see through the blood 
how the Scriptures relate to Jesus, then the Holy Spirit, because Jesus said when He comes, He's going to teach you the truth, reveal the truth, and that's of the Word as it pertains to Jesus, He said. Amen. And what about Jesus we need is what He did for us at Calvary. That not only gets us in, but because Jesus taught a daily cross, that means we've got to have a daily power that comes through faith in the cross. And it, we can't just open the Bible and quote a scripture or say, i got a preacher that preaches the Word. we got to have a preacher that preaches the Word in truth because i got to be believing the Word in truth. Amen. Let me read it before we run out of time. We're already out of time, but I'm going to keep going just for a minute. First Thessalonians 2.13, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation. And this is not the right scripture. Sorry. First Thessalonians, preacher, not Second Thessalonians. First Thessalonians 2 and 13. For this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, listen, they received the word of God, which you heard of us. You did not receive it as the word of men, but as it is in truth. The Word of God, which effectually works also in you that believe. The Word of God has no place in you unless it's in truth. It will not work in you as the sword of the Spirit, conforming you into the image of Christ, to teaching you to walk in the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit, unless you're receiving and believing the Word of God in truth. That means in the context of Christ and what He did at Calvary. We're out of time. I can't go too far over. I just want to tell you to tune in every week. Those of you who watch these teaching sessions on Facebook, don't just like it. Share the gospel. Be delivered from fear of your family, co-workers, friends. Be delivered from fear. Share the God. Hit the share button. They need to hear this Word of God delivered in truth to you in the proper context so they can be saved, they can be delivered, filled with the Holy Spirit, and find the will of God in their lives. Amen. We'll see you right here next week. God bless you. We love you.